Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, guys. It's Justin Andrew, and we're just giving you a little warning before the show starts. I'm going to be swearing quite a bit. Uh, if you got kids or anything like that, maybe don't let them listen to me. I'm a bad influence. Yeah, if you're driving around in the car or something, just maybe throw on some headphones or maybe save this episode for another time. Thank you. Enjoy the show, fellas. Let's get to it. Hello, I'm Jess. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. And we drink a lot of Angry Orchard, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that that's us, because we're not cool enough for actual alcohol. Either way, Andrew, it's been a while since we've actually sat down and done one of these. How have you been? Oh, I've been uh, I've been really busy. I was uh, I was uh, recruited to go to Mars by Elon Musk, so that took out a lot of my time. Uh, that was right around when we recorded the Twisted thing, so that's the main reason why we weren't able to do any for a while. <laughs> I, I believe it. So, Andrew, what are we doing this week? Little shop, little shop of horrors. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably cut in the music there so we don't have to hear you <laughs> singing. <laughs> oh, fuck off! <laughs> little shop, little shop of Horrors is our topic for today. It was written by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, and it played in the early 80s off-Broadway, and then it was turned into a film in 1986. But it didn't start as a musical. Of course it didn't. <laughs> it was based on a 1960 film by Roger Corman. I've seen the film. Andrew hasn't. I, I, I've I seen the one scene with Jack Nicholson. The only scene that's worth watching, in all honesty. Probably because it has Jack Nicholson in it, and that's about it, probably. It really is, but they sure hoard that movie out so that you think Jack Nicholson is the main character, like... There are posters with him front and center. Jack Nicholson in Little Shop of Horrors. He was just in that one scene, right? Yeah, just one scene where he basically played the Bill Murray role from the movie. Um, Isn't that Steve Martin? No, no. Bill Murray was the sadistic, like, patient. And he was put in there as a tribute to Jack Nicholson. Oh, okay. So Jack Nicholson was the patient. Now I remember. Yeah. The Little Shop of Horrors 1960 movie is not very good at all. 
it is borderline unwatchable. Oh, doesn't Roger Corman have that persona of a like, really bad filmmaker kind of thing? Really cheap filmmaker, but he doesn't always just make crap. <laughs> this one was just crap. Okay, fair enough. The rumor has it is he had three days to make a movie and this is what he made. Three days? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which, if you look at it like that, it is relatively that's impressive. impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's really impressive. But the film de- dealt with a character named Seymour, who has a hypochondriac mother and is convinced by this plant to go and kill people and feed it to him. In the end, he jumps into the plant and commits suicide, and all the victims' faces sprout out as the, plant, as the plants blooms. Hmm. It's a little bit unsettling, I guess. It's really boring. Even the riff tracks of it isn't able to make it interesting, but it did catch the eyes of Howard Ashman, who caught it on TV when he was really young, and thought, hey, that might make a good musical. What a, what a genius. I mean... Obviously, that makes a good musical. Who, well, why wouldn't that make a good musical, right? I mean, he took all the basic elements that was there, the tribute to 60s and a pretty much B-movie fiction, and thought, what if I add the Faustian like operatic side to it, and thought, maybe this could work. It certainly does. It opened on Off-Broadway at the Orpheum Theater in Manhattan's East Village on July 27th, 1982. Um, it was directed by Howard Ashman as well as given the lyrics, and the music was by Alan Menken. Now, both those guys basically did the entire Disney renaissance. They wrote the music and lyrics of The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, um, Part of Aladdin. He, Howard Ashman, unfortunately, died throughout the early stages of Aladdin, and about two of his songs st- still remain, which I believe are Arabian Nights and, uh, uh, what is it? The genie walking through the thing. Um, Prince Ali. Prince Ali. Uh, I'm not going to sing anymore, okay? I've had too many angry orchards. <laughs> um, Howard Ashman wrote that the introduction basically stated that the show satirizes many things. Science fiction, B-movies, musical comedy itself, and even the Faust le- legend. And... It came out during a time when the mega musical was really big. The Les Mises, the fan of the operas. Um, it was really the beginning of the mega musical that took itself really seriously. And this was just a goofy, small play about a plant that eats people that had a dark tone, but still took itself pretty lightly. Which I think is what audiences desperately needed at that time period. Um, the original show is produced by Cameron McIntosh and David Geffen, who would later go on and produce the film. It never moved to Broadway because Howard Ashman really didn't think it had a place on Broadway, which I think is a really mature way to see it. And overall, it is very well thought of in the theater community. It later premiered on Broadway in 2003, many, many, many years later, and it has been seen throughout all of community theaters, school theaters. Like, it's a fantastic piece of musical theater. <laughs> I, um, I'm surprised it didn't have a Broadway run earlier. Well, back then, Broadway meant something different. It meant prestige, and sometimes you don't want to sell out. And Howard Ashman felt like 
It really fit well. Howard Ashman is one of those people that is behind the scenes, but influenced so many like plot and story elements of Disney. And he is a very strong-willed individual that pushed his way through to without with an iron fist, basically. And what he said goes. I, I suppose I could see that. It's it's probably if Broadway meant prestige, you probably don't want a, a play about a a plant that eats people from outer space on Broadway. <laughs> so the basic plot changes from the 1960 film into the musical involved Seymour um, being a little less complicit in his actions because he was actually granted some more specific things. The omission of his mother, the addition of the Greek chorus um, three lady narrators who are a fantastic addition that really adds to the theatricality. Um, and really, I think those are all wise changes from screen to stage and this doesn't feel like a let's adapt a movie for the sake of a movie cop out i can't imagine anyone doing this today like taking a really obscure horror movie from the 80s and putting it on broadway i think i'd like to see it done more honestly i think it would be interesting i mean they did reanimator the musical which maybe one day we'll do I yeah, I actually haven't seen Reanimator yet, so oh, I'd like to you, see the movie you first. You should. You should. But here's my question. Do you think Seymour is a likable character? Do I think Seymour is a likable character? Yes, in the musical. I mean, maybe for like the first act, it may be a little bit at the very end. Now, what do you think makes him likable? Like even bad people you can have empathy with, but I'm just curious. Well, I mean, he's just so easy. He's so easy to uh, convince to murder people. <laughs> like, it doesn't take very much. He's just like, ah, you know what? That guy deserves it. <laughs> it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that Seymour is a very interesting character, and the way that they try to get you to have empathy with him is a little manipulative. <laughs> like, yeah, he's an orphan, but he's like balding in 48 <laughs> like how it's like the orphan at 33 except it's asking you to take it seriously well, this guy did work in aladdin so <laughs> aladdin was also orphaned at 33 yeah so i mean it's kind of the same sort of deal yeah it is pretty heavy-handed with like you got to feel bad for this guy uh isn't like the uh one of the opening songs is literally just about how he's poor or he lives in a poor part of town or something like that? He's poor in both sense of the word, as in, I'm poor, poor me, and as well as, I have no money and I am reliant on these people. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, it's just it's just literally setting up like, hey, feel bad for him. Mm -hmm. It's like, and okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm interested to see if like we turned Seymour into a female character or how that would re reflect differently. I, I almost feel like it would just be exactly the same. Uh, I guess the love interest would probably be different, potentially. I mean, it, what if it's still two women together in the end? It'd be very progressive. Great thinking, Jess. <laughs> Someone make this. I would watch it. I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy. Unless I open a vein. I'll give you a few drops. If that'll appease. 
Now please Oh, 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 please Grow for me Do you think what do you think of the humor of the show? And do you feel like that it ruins it's too goofy that you can't really take the emotional story seriously? Well, I see it just like a just like a horror comedy, you know? Like it's not really the emotional core isn't really what it's about. <laughs> it's more just about the goofs and uh and the spooks, you know? But it isn't just like a jab the audience like a gotcha. Like you still have to care about whether or not they the guy gets the girl or any of that. It's just that you it's a little goofy. A little I think it pushes past the goof level a little bit in the stage production, but Yeah, I I, I guess, but I, I don't think it's I feel like the tone of the show doesn't require that to work that well. I think what they're going for is more of just, just straight like comedy. In my opinion, that's what I seem. Now what let's talk about the songs for a minute. Um I think these are some of the best musical theater songs ever ever written, and I think that throughout it's like a consistent level of good, but what's your best song and your worst song in the entire show? I feel like I can't really pick a worst song, because they're all, I think I completely agree that they're all consistently good. Um, honestly, I have to pick Dentist as my favorite, and that's that might be cliche, but I just think it's hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> I love Dentist, but Skid Row is such the perfect location description mixed with, like, I want song. Like, that is the identification of the second song in a show and what it should be. I Yeah, I mean, I don't dislike that song or anything like that, but it just, it is a little on the nose. Oh, I love the fact that it's on the nose. Like, it sets up location, every character, and exactly why we need this flower shop to run well <laughs> in one song. Fair enough, fair enough, I can see that. Uh, the song I picked doesn't really have as much or any plot relevance really I just think it's funny it's a character song and I think it's great and now the next question is just a personal one for us um Andrew say you're in Seymour's yeah. position and the plan is offering you wonderful things and okay. you have to kill people what thing would that have to offer you to be able to kill people to, to kill people yes in the same situation identical is this like a serious moral question or are we just going with a with a joke here <laughs> I'm going to let you play with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, serious moral answer. I don't think I could do it. Honestly, I don't think I, I, don't think I could kill anybody for something. But a lot of pe- folks deserve to die. That's opinion. <laughs> you don't think that a lot of people deserve to die? No, I don't. I think that's uh, hyperbole. <laughs> Maybe like a small, small amount of people deserve to die, like people that kill themselves you know stuff like that oh, jesus not 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 suicide people that kill other people oh okay i thought you meant that's you gotta rephrase that i was like oh god jesus i was goofing for a bit but you took it to a dark place well you mean we gotta take it to a dark place all right i'll give the goof answer how about that give the goof answer now i kill i'd kill him for another angry orchard ha ha <laughs> <laughs> Give me another one. Get it around. Uh, we're alcoholics. Not really. 
a little bit. Well, what would the serious answer I'd have to give for the amount of people I'd have to kill? Um, you remember that German cannibal that like put an ad on like Craigslist saying, "Hey, I want to eat someone." Any volunteers? And like, just this guy comes in and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it as long as I can eat some of me." I, yeah, I do. I think I do remember that actually. That yeah. was such an interesting story. It's hard to forget. Yeah, and then he like tried to cook his bean- penis and feed it to him, but it, <laughs> but it tried to cook his penis. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to cook his penis and he burned it. You have one chance of that. I mean, if you're trying to cook it to eat it, you probably don't care. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna be cooking human meat, you want to make sure it's prepared right. Okay, but the the thing with that story is the guy that was going to get eaten didn't care didn't care and also I don't think that they were ever planning on killing that guy. He ended up dead. Well, that may be true, but I don't think the intention was to kill him. Now he he knew it was coming. They put him in a bathtub and just let him bleed out. Yeah, fair enough. Um but I'd put it in that situation. Who wants to get eaten by a plant for the greater good? It's not for the greater good, though. For Sorry, for my good. Okay, well, here's the thing, though. The question wasn't, would you kill? The question was, what would you kill for? <laughs> I, I don't really... <laughs> I didn't need a four. Apparently, you, I'm you're just going to do it, apparently. You just want to do it. He's like, hey, you want to get eaten by a plant just because? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Didn't even offer me anything, just he wants to eat. He's hungry. I don't know, he seems he seems trustworthy. He says he's hungry. You want to get eaten? <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes for Jess. He's like, yeah, I'll kill whatever. <laughs> Apparently he thinks there's many people deserving to die, too. So he's... He, watch out for this guy. Haven't honestly. you watched Sweeney Todd? They all deserve to die. I didn't know you agreed with that. <laughs> come on, come on. Think about all those offers. Come on, come on. Your future with Audrey. Come on, come on. Ain't no time to turn squeamish. Come on, come on. I swear on all my sports. When it's gone, the world will be yours. Um, hang on a second. Hang on a second. We took some notes here, okay? <laughs> hang, hang up. We took a few notes here, and apparently I gotta bring up the fact that you were in this show. Yeah, I was in the show. I played the dentist. You played the dentist? Yes, I did. I, I was in the show and I played the dentist. Do you have a tendency for causing things pain? or? Um, I have a talent for causing things pain. Ah, that's how that goes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so get, get it right. It used to be on YouTube, but I think it got taken down. Can we put this back up? Can anyone find this? Um, I don't know. I didn't post it, but I knew it was up there. <laughs> I just tried to look for it earlier. So how'd that go? It's gone. So you've been eaten by the plant. So maybe it's a revenge thing. (laughs) The only funny thing about that is in the scene where Seymour's supposed to come on and point a gun at me, he didn't have his gun, so he just pointed his finger at me. Bam. (laughs) I was just... I I improvised some stuff and I was like oh that's some mighty fine finger strength you got there <laughs> got <laughs> gotcha what an embarrassment yeah but overall um, I think the 
stage show is really impressive. One of the best off-Broadway shows to ever become a really big hit. And I think that it's really important for, like, community theaters. It is the perfect show for community theater. What do you think of the original musical, Andrew? I think it's pretty decent. Pretty decent. Put that on the front of the poster. Put that on the poster. Pretty decent. All right. Now let's we're... talk about Rick Moranis. <laughs> Hi guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we're here to shill at you and promote our stuff. Isn't that right, Andrew? Absolutely. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Also, leave us a review there. That's how we get noticed and how more people can find us. So be sure to leave us a review, even if it's negative. Any criticism is accepted. Except for insulting me, as I said, that is mean. Um, it's hilarious. And, uh, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Yes, Musical Theater Lives. It's our rebranded channel. We're going to have a lot of new content up there really soon. It's going to be great. And search us up on social media. We'd love to chat with you. Yeah, we'd love to have involvement. You can even see through all the YouTube videos I've had over the years, I'm always responsive to anyone that's willing to have a good comment. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Enjoy the show, fellas. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to it. All right. Great job. Wow. Let's talk about Rick Moranis. <laughs> All right. So in 1982, um, there was a film adaptation, which I find completely remarkable that an off-Broadway show gets made into a film. That almost never happens except for, like, the Fantastics in the last five years. Rent? Rent started <laughs> off-Broadway, then was moved to Broadway, and then became a film. 
I'm talking about that's n- true. No Broadway production and was still adapted into a film. It was adapted to the big screen in 1982 by David Geffen. It was produced. It was to be produced by Steven Spielberg and directed by Martin Scorsese originally. Can you imagine what kind of movie that would have been? <laughs> It probably would have not been good, honestly. <laughs> Fucking um, Willem Dafoe as Seymour being like, I, I want the plant. I need I need to kill for the plant. No, no, he's gonna. there's going to be that scene from Spider-Man where the plant is his, like, mask, and he's, like, talking with himself. But it's the plant. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Y- yes, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> you know what the more probable answer would be if it was made like later on, like the late nineties, early two thousands, it would have been Leonardo DiCaprio as Seymour. Oh no. I don't want to feed you. Oh no. <laughs> Rose. Uh, thank God that didn't happen. But instead the film was directed by esteemed puppeteer and all around amazing director, Frank Oz. He does not get nearly the credit he deserves for the cinema that he's made i i think he's great i and if you guys have a twitter you you should follow him he is probably the best guy to ever follow on twitter the film starred rick moranis steve martin ellen green who was the original audrey from the um stage musical and is still like acting today and she's fantastic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the casting really makes this film stellar like the fact that they bring in actors who are actors first and singers second are effective in a way that I really don't think the song sung as beautifully as possible works as well as just having these performers that are able to perform the songs. I think Rick Moranis is like perfect for the uh, Seymour. Well, yes, but you can't just get any whiny-looking... Um, doe-eyed guy in there that can sing well you have to have him perform to a character that was moving at half the speed that he is and have him shoot it at because basically how they would do it is they would shoot it at double time and rick moranis would have to sing the song super slow anytime the plant was on screen so it's half the speed and it, they would speed it up later yeah and the fact that he's able to perform convincingly and get that all out perfectly is a testament to how great a performer Rick Moranis is. Was. He isn't dead. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he leave cinema, though? Like he's, He said he's never doing it again or something? His wife died and he wanted to raise his kids, and then he was like, I don't miss it. I don't miss it, I don't care. That's came, how Rick Moranis sounds. He came back to play Darth Helmet and the Goldbergs. Um... I think this is one of the very few stage-to-screen adaptations that improves on the original stage show. Like, I really enjoy the stage show, but this is the definitive version of the story. At least since the director's cut came out, it is the definitive version of the story. Well, the the puppeteering, too, like, <laughs> you're not going to get that on a, on a show. No, and that just is, goes to Frank Oz. Like, you... He can both do the puppeteering aspect as well as tell musical storytelling in a perfect way. Like, the way that he shot Skid Row is so perfect. Like, everything is edited to a perfect beat, and the musical storytelling, like when he sees the group of lepers basically climbing the fence at him, that is such a wonderful musical moment. And it's done by a guy that obviously knows his shit. It's by far the best Bill Murray movie ever made. That's not saying much. 
Oof. Ouch. I'm not I'm not a big Bill Murray fan. Would you say this is your favorite Bill Murray movie? Oh, 100%. Really? Yeah. Don't like, like, Groundhog Day or Ghostbusters? I prefer Groundhog Day the musical to the film. Really? Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that one day. The, the movie was okay. I, I wasn't a huge fan of that one. I never liked Caddyshack either. I didn't like Caddyshack. I really... I This is my controversial film school opinion. I hate Lost in Translation. I've never seen it. It's, so to be it's painful for me. I was a huge Ghostbusters guy, though. But speaking of Bill Murray, I am curious. Um, a lot of people tend to complain about all the celebrity comedian cameos in the film, like um, Bill Murray, like Bill Murray, like John Candy. Um, I I never I never had a problem with it. I don't know. One, one of the Belushi's, I think. Oh, there is a Belushi. I think he might only be in the director's cut, though. Okay, um, great commentary, Jess. Really appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, no. Jim Belushi was in was in the original cut. My bad. I got that reversed. I like how you said it's the one that's alive, and you knew which one was alive, but you didn't know which one it was. I mean, <sighs> what else do you need? Fuck. We're gonna get like a million comments saying it's Jim Belushi was in it. Jim Belushi was in the director's cut. Jim Belushi's in it. Not if I because... cut it all out. <laughs> You're not going to cut it all out. You're not man enough. <laughs> you know, this giant tangent that adds nothing to anything. Let's keep it all in. I think it's pretty good. I think we're, we're doing good here. All right, let's talk about... Uh... Wait, wait, we didn't even finish up the point of that. <laughs> what was uh, the point of that? <laughs> like, do you think the cameos are necessary? And why are they there? Uh, I don't think they're necessary. I don't think they detract from the movie at all. And I think they're there because people like cameos. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I find what do you think? I find them a little distracting. Like when John Candy shows up and does his shtick. Bill Murray's is like super distracting. I, I don't know. I never really had a problem with it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't exactly have a problem. I think problem. Bill Murray's is distracting for yours because you don't like Bill Murray. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they should have just put Jack Nicholson in that role. Honestly, that would have been interesting if they actually did. I'm sure he would have done it, too. I feel like he's somebody that would do it. I don't think they could afford Jack Nicholson. This is, like, pre-Batman Jack Nicholson. Don't make me sick. Um, they cut a few songs um, like Mushnick and Son where uh, Mr. Mushnick officially adopts Seymour so he can get his money eventually. And I really thought that was a bit of a strange tangent in the musical in and of itself. So I'm very glad that's gone. Yeah, that doesn't really add anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it adds a song for Mushnick, which he never had before. Oh, yeah, that's that's a character we needed the song from. I mean, when you're on a Broadway stage, you want to make sure everyone's getting the most of them their stage time, if that makes sense. Okay, well, this isn't the Broadway stage. This is a I, film. It makes sense that in the adaptation process, you remove things like that that are specific to that medium. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Remember when we were talking about uh, Sweeney Todd and I was mentioning that that song that the uh, oh what the fuck is his name? The Beatle. Beetle had and it's like out of like has no purpose whatsoever. And I was like, did they just do that just to give him more <laughs> time to sing? Um, there is <laughs> that. That's probably true. Um, there's a couple like transitionary songs like "Closed for Renovation," um, "Call Back in the Morning." And the Meek Shall Inherit, which is in the movie, but just cut way down, that I think are smart. There's only one song that I really wish was still in the show. Or was in the film. And what's that? It's mostly because I sang the song and kind of fell in love with it. It is Now It's Just the Gas for by the Dentist. Don't be fooled if I should chuckle like hyenas in a zoo. It's just the gas. <laughs> I think that give more Steve Martin another song. He's really good. There's probably somewhere in existence this song sung by Steve Martin. I highly doubt it. I feel like they are really big on cutting it. Well, I mean, really, the dentist is kind of a throwaway character. They literally throw him away. Yep, they're like, into the fucking garbage you go. Bye-bye. I find the deleted scenes of this movie very interesting. Um... Like, you have extended song numbers, but there's also, like, Seymour feeding the dentist severed head to the plant and, like, shit. Like, why did they film this for this fun comedy? They probably initially intended it to be darker. In fact, I think some of the uh, cut scenes uh, also point to that. That's a great transition into the director's cut versus the theatrical cut. Well, the director's cut has Jim Belushi. The theatrical cut doesn't. Reverse that, I think. <laughs> Reverse that. I think Jim Belushi's in the original cut and some other guy is in the director's cut. Okay, okay. So one of them has Jim Belushi, the other doesn't. Only watch the version with Jim Belushi. Only watch the version with Jim Belushi. Whichever no. one has Jim Belushi. Actually, only watch movies with Jim Belushi. If it doesn't have Jim Belushi in it, I'm not sure why you're watching it. Yeah, what the... What are you doing here? Well, according to Jim... Come on, can we talk about the ending? Yes. The original ending... <laughs> um, well, the version that we saw in theaters, that most people saw in theaters, well, ended with Seymour defeating the plant, him and Audrey going and moving into a house together, and... Ah, happy ending. Ah... Uh. Yes, um, this murderer who killed several people um, gets a happy ending. Thanks, Rick Moranis. Honey, I killed the people. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I want to see that movie. You already did. Um, so yeah, that was the original ending. Um, the director, Frank Oz, said that close-ups made the ending seem a little too, the original ending that they shot where everyone dies a little too dour, so they thought that they deserved a happy ending. 
Whereas in the original ending, um, Seymour, Audrey, and all the main characters get eaten by the plant, and the plant takes over the world and comes out through the screen and is like, ah, we're coming for you next. You know, the real B-movie way, the same ending as the original stage play. The ending it deserved. Really, because everyone learns their lessons. There was a lesson to be learned, unlike in the original cut. Also, did nobody consult Roger Corman about this? Like, <laughs> we know what ending he would have gone with. <laughs> Howard Ashman, though, was completely down for the change in endings. He understood completely. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Roger Corman wrote the damn thing. You think he gets some feedback here? I don't think anyone's ever going to claim that Roger Corman wrote the musical Little Shop of Horrors. Um, so yeah, that original ending got restored was like a mystery for many years and didn't get restored until like the mid to late to, or like early 2000s. And that's tragic because now a lot of p- kids are going to think, I like the original ending when really uh, the darker ending is just better. It's a little long, but better. I mean, who doesn't like it when everyone dies? I know Jess likes it when everyone dies. He thinks they all deserve it. <laughs> they do, especially Seymour. Very recently, they've been talking about remaking this film. And guess who they want to star in the new remake of the musical with a CGI I plant? I don't have to guess because you wrote it down. All right, why don't you tell us? Uh, Josh Gad and uh, Rebel Wilson. Do you not know who Rebel Wilson is? I don't. Have you never seen Pitch Perfect? No, I have never seen Pitch Perfect. Oh my god, guys. We gotta, we gotta have a Pitch Perfect viewing party so he knows who <laughs> Rebel Wilson is. <laughs> I don't know who either of these people are. Oh, 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 I get to educate him. You've seen Book of Mormon, haven't you? Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna be the guy? He's also the snowman from Frozen. Oh. You know, I, I disagree with this choice. Why? Are you fat shaming? Yes. Um, I don't know. He doesn't look anything like Rick Moranis. <laughs> Only bring back Rick Moranis. <laughs> Hashtag can bring back get, Rick Moranis. Can we get Rick Moranis to do it again? I bet he looks the same. I don't want to watch this movie. I don't think anyone wants to watch this movie. Why remake something that is literally perfect? To the events you have just America Events which bore a striking resemblance to the ones you have just seen began occurring (laughs) Okay, Andrew now that we've talked about all that what is your opinions on Little Shop of Horrors and what is your cheese rating? All right, I'm going to go with just a straight-up cheddar cheese on this one. This is a strong cheese. It's a good cheese. It's a consistent cheese. Uh, it's very cheesy all the way through. Uh, you you could feed it to your kids, and they'd be like, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, baby. Uh, it's very good, though. I think it's, this thing is fantastic. Uh, very fun to watch. I agree. Little Shop of Horrors is an incredible musical made into an even more impressive film. Um, I think it's only gotten better with age. It is one of those very timeless pieces that 
really can't age out of itself. It never becomes dated. And really, I think it's perfect. Andrew, this was a great show. We had a lot of fun. I laughed a lot. Thank you, Jess. Yeah. I thank the Angry Orchard, which we are sponsored by, by the way. <laughs> no, we're not. Don't say that. <laughs> I, I'm glad I drank it, though. But most of all, we'd like to thank you and welcome you to the new podcast format that you're listening to us, be it um, iTunes or whatever. Please, if you could, write us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It really helps us get seen by more people. Um, rate us. Um, tell your friends about us. If you tell at least one friend that you about us, we will um, give you a high five if we ever meet you in person. Smack that like button. Smash that subscribe button. Click that bell uh, icon. Click that bell icon. Buy our merch. Uh, we don't have merch. We don't have merch. Buy it though. We may have merch in the future. Um, I'm. We're gonna be a lot more active on this channel. Um, in fact, we already have an, our next week's episode ready and prepared for you, Andrew. Do you want to tell them what we'll be doing next week, or would you like me to? Um, why don't you do it? Only because uh, he has I, no idea. I I know what it is, but I think Jess is the real host here. He's the real... He's what everybody's here for. Thank you. Um, next week will not be an average show review because we... The, these take time. I make a lot of plans for this like there's an agenda and all that and i have to watch the i have to watch the shows too so yeah. remember that yeah andrew <laughs> has a really hard job part of this <laughs> yeah i edit plan it all and i have to watch it i have to watch the damn thing you know how long that takes but i have to take time out of my out of my day where i'm gardening on mars you know how difficult that is we will be doing a game where I play with Andrew, and we're taking full advantage of this premise. Um, it'll be really fun. I think you're going to get a real kick out of it. I'm not going to specify too much, but no, it's going to be a game involving musical theater, and you will laugh a lot. You're going to love it. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Musicals with Cheese. I'm Jess. And I'm Andrew. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.